to the Dream Journal. From the studios of KSQD in Santa Cruz, the Dream Journal is a weekly show where we explore the power of nighttime dreams through conversations with dream experts and with you. In the words of Carl Jung, who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakens. Today's music is called Wishlist. Thank you to Rick Kleffel. Would you let a bot interpret your dreams? Should you? We'll speak with Joanna of Blue Lotus Queendom about the pleasures and pitfalls of using AI with dreams. Also, we'll get into the parallels between Yoga Nidra and dream work. I am your host, Catherine Bell of Experiential Dreamwork, and welcome to the Dream Journal. The Dream Journal is also a weekly podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. But most importantly, tell your friends. We're getting folks to talk about the show. Is what we are here to do to inspire you to talk to your friends. You can find archives at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Also at ksqd.org slash the dash dream dash journal. Let's get right to it. Let me say hello to uh, Joanna Kovaleska. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Catherine. Hey. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. I understand you're calling in all the way from Israel. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Ah, well, so good evening to you then. <laughs> okay. So Joanna Kovaleska, uh, tell me if I, how to say this right. Joanna Kovaluska, is that how you say it? Kovalevska. Kovalevska, yes, thank you. Joanna Kovalevska, the founder of Blue Lotus Queendom, is originally from Poland. She is certified in dream work and yoga nidra and regards dreams as sacred portals to wisdom. She inspires others to connect with their inner guidance through private sessions, dream circles, and workshops. She has recently authored a free ebook exploring potential influences of artificial intelligence on the sacred realm of dream work. And you can find Joanna at bluelotusqueendom.com. Plus, she's all over Instagram and Facebook. I first heard about her um, on Instagram doing a review of podcasts. And no, that hooked me. I would like to see that. So, uh, so Joanna. Let's get right into it. The artificial intelligence, you know, how far is that from the uh, sacred uh, intelligence of dreams as you describe it? What's first interested you in, in looking into AI around dreams? Yes, so um, I'm interested in technology in general. I used to work in a high-tech company where I was in touch with technology, where I could see what technology is capable nowadays and it's really impressive mm -hmm. and then i decided to connect this interest of mine with my passion and love for dreams and see where dreams stands in uh, regards to artificial intelligence and did a little bit of research of how and if people starting to use ai for interpreting their dreams mm -hmm. and look a little bit deeper into into it and see uh, basically what good or what bad could come out of it. Right, right. Okay. So uh, what have you found? So I take it you took a few of your dreams uh, to uh, some 
uh, dream interpreter bot somewhere and uh, plug them in. And what did you find? What was your experience? Yes. So I started uh, with exactly with that, with mm. kind of talking to the to the bot, to the to the machine uh, powered uh, intelligence, uh, talking about the dreams mm. and seeing what will come up. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, well, it is pretty intelligent and yeah. it gives uh, quite impressive answers. Uh, but of course, um, it is also giving this illusionary um, idea of 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 this thing that it can actually give you a proper answer you know at mm. some points i was even thinking hmm wow that's so smart that's so good oh. but but then it didn't really go well with my like inner feeling uh. so what i discover is that it gives kind of the right answers what you would expect but it didn't you know it wasn't hitting the spot and so i started to go deeper into it and kind of modify and try dif asking different kind of questions and did the research also how other people use it. So I look in the different forums and check Facebook groups and talk to people that are interested in dreams and say like, hey, did you try uh, AI for dream interpretation? What do you think? Would you like to even use it? And of course, I, I found both uh, both opinions like, uh, no, let's Let's not do that. That's something we shouldn't do. And also I found people saying, yeah, why not? It can be amazing. So I made it my goal to kind of uh, see where the where the where the truth lies, like to find kind of this balance uh, in between those both voices. Right. Well, I, I'm really struck by what you're saying about the the authority of the of the bot of the of the AI and that there is a sense of uh, of like trusting this this thing and it really strikes me that as a dream coach myself that when I'm working with people that they see me as an authority I mean just by the the fact that there's money changing hands or I have experience that they don't have and and it's a caution to me to be to beware of how people perceive me. And because I throw out ideas, but what I, what's really important is what you touched into is that it is um, it resonates deeply with the dreamer. That's the important thing. Exactly. And, you know, when I was doing this research, I, I had this small aha moment and I said, wait a minute, the AI is not really that different. Uh, giving the power to AI is not really that different than what people are already doing when they give the power to other person, yeah. as you said, mm -hmm. because they see them as authority, mm -hmm. that they give power to dream dictionaries, you know, that's goes right. way, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, the dream oracles or, or whatever you want to call it, because it's kind of very similar yeah, thing. It's just waiting. Right. Yeah, because right. You, you, you kind of say as you said oh someone else knows what my dream means and this is this fundamental place in where where i disagree as well as you is that as as much as we can guide other people or help them or as you said because we have experience or we learned tools that can help others to to understand the dreams we are not the authority mm. so i always say to everyone that i encounter that have casual or professional conversation about dreams is that i can help you see things maybe i can ask you some questions that can make you uh reflect on your dreams and and so on but i will never tell you what your dream means is because only you can know that and this is very very important part of of the work that i do and also i i hope i i <laughs> i highlighted it enough in my in my uh, ebook
Right, right. So can you give us um, some suggestions? Like what, what did you find helpful? Because as you say, there, there can be some helpful insights from, from AIs or even dream dictionaries or even <laughs> human beings. Like what do, you, what do you recommend to dreamers when they're, when they're exploring uh, you know, information outside of themselves to learn about their dreams? Of course. So this is exactly where I stand. I see it as a tool that can be used like a person that can give help or dictionary that can inspire you for some further reflection. So I see AI in the same way. It can perhaps help you reflect more on your on your dreams. It can um, help you with questions like you could possibly ask AI, um, you know, I dreamt of this and that and what kind of questions I can ask myself to understand my dream better. Oh. So there is this. Oh, yeah. sorry, I want to stop you because that's, that's such a wonderful uh, way to frame it. What kind of questions can I ask myself about this dream? I love that. Exactly. Uh -huh. Because in that way, you are not saying, oh, I dreamt of the door, what the door means. Right. Because this is, we know where it leads. It's, it's kind of can be general answer, full of bias and, and, and whatnot. But if you do it this way, if you say, I want to go deeper, like what can I ask myself? What elements maybe I can pay attention? Um, are there any reference in the literature that I could refer to? Because many times we may dream of maybe some uh, mystical creatures or figures or characters and you know maybe maybe they exist somewhere in the literature maybe it's something that you know been been talked about or written about so AI can help us very quickly find it and it can be you know inspiring it can help you go deeper as long as you don't ask this question what did my dream mean because if you do that then you open the door to the to the Pandora box in my opinion okay oh I love that okay so that's the, not the question to ask of what did my dream mean. Okay. So I wonder if you have any examples that you, you'd like to share with us or any, any, uh, anything that you could, uh, you could say more about this AI process to kind of help us imagine what that would be like? Yes, of course. So maybe you can connect it also with other ways of using it, of other ideas, how someone could use that. So besides asking uh, for questions uh, regarding the, the singular dream, um, if a person would like to maybe uh, feed AI with a little bit more of their dreams, uh, more of the journal, if someone has a journal in the digital form, like for example, I do, that's very simple. Uh, and then you could ask, for example, AI, like, could you could you uh, pinpoint like repeating themes mm. or or symbols? You know, it's something that you can also do manually. Of course, you can go over all your dreams from the last, I don't know, year, half a year uh, uh, or, or something like that and look into those things. But in this way, you would be using the machine just to do some kind of manual work for you that could take you a lot of time. Sometimes there are things that can be quite difficult to spot. Sometimes there is a evolution of symbols or themes in the dreams that are very subtle and maybe we cannot see them so easily. And, and the AI can pick on those stuff. So you could ask like, uh, for example, like, what what what's emotion repeats the most in my in the dreams in my dreams in my mm -hmm. journal right uh, or or what emotion never show up or mm -hmm. what character never show up or character that shows up uh, a lot so it's something that it can be very useful and also it can be very useful for for researchers for people that want to 
do some big research and I have huge amount of dreams to go over um, or surveys to analyze and stuff like that, this can be very helpful. So AI can help also in this way, uh, in pinpointing stuff. And also it can be used, uh, I think, for um, for creative process, because now besides the, the, the chatbots, you also have tools that can create uh, visuals, mm -hmm. that can, can create music, um, that can create stories. And again, I wouldn't, um, I would also say that you can use it in, in two ways. You can just uh, let, leave, give all your creativity to, to the machine, which again, I don't really recommend, but you can just use it as an inspiration, right? Maybe you had a dream and uh, you don't feel like drawing it or, or you don't like drawing and you can say like, could you create, this was my dream, could you create some visual for me? Because it can spark some something inside you. You can look at this visual and maybe something will spark, maybe some deeper reflection can come out of it. So again, it's it's it can be used for, for deepening the process of connecting to your dream, of understanding your dream. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you had a dream that you would like to, um, you know, have a, 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 some maybe a track made or some music, some melody. Now you can also ask AI for that. And again, not taking from the creative process of a person that paints or creates arts or music and yeah. so on. But but yes, it, it could be used this way. You could use it for your personal uh, process, for your personal dream work in that way. Right. So, but the, the goal being to create some sparks in yourself, some uh, deeper exactly. realizations and, and really trusting in that uh, and just using this as, as a tool to see what well, and you know, giving yourself freedom to say, no, that's not quite it. I, I always love that when a, exactly. a dream person says to me, no, that's not quite it because it's hard to say. And, and then I give, it gives me the courage that, that when I do say something that's meaningful, that it'll be, um, it'll be a true thing for them. Exactly. I, I think you, you touched on a really important point. Uh, maybe if someone says something to you or trying to uh, um, show you like a way or path that this this reflection could go and you don't agree or you don't feel it, maybe you not necessarily want to see it. But maybe when you talk with AI, you have a casual conversation <laughs> with AI about your dream. You're not going to have these uh, blockages of saying, no, that's not it. Give me a different idea or give me a different question or I want to I maybe want to touch on something else on this dream. Um, so, so yes, it can be also, actually, it can be a lot of fun. Wow. Again, if okay. you treat it as, as just something, as just a thing, as just a tool, as just a helper, it can be a lot of fun to do that. Like you can actually talk and say, Hey, AI or whatever, I had this dream and I, I really tried to figure out what it means. And so like, you can make it something fun, but again, not giving the authority, not giving the power of the final answer and understanding because then it can create even biggest, uh, bigger disconnection between yourself, your dream, your intuition. And this is something that worry me about the use of, of AI and any other tools because they can they can create even bigger gap. And yeah, and yeah that's worrying. All right, I, I absolutely agree. I think that is, that is worrisome for sure. So you are a, a certified dream worker. You, uh, you uh, worked with uh, IDS, is that right? The Institute for Dream Studies? That's right. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm really struck by these kind of two tops. You're also a certified yoga nidra. What, what would that be? A, a coach or? A I call it facilitator. facilitator. You can say teacher, but I like facilitator. Okay. Yeah. And so tell me about yoga nidra. It seems like it's very far from AI, and so I'm very curious to kind of 
catch the range of this um, all the way from uh, artificial intelligence to my understanding of yoga nidra, which is, you know, I sometimes listen to meditations when I'm having trouble falling asleep at night, and often uh, they'll be highlighted in the app as yoga nidra, and, and mm. you know, what exactly is that? Why don't you explain to us what that, what that means? Yes, of course. Um, yoga Nitra it's, um, can be translated as a yogic uh, sleep. It's a form of very deep relaxation. Uh, it's also called uh, non-sleep deep relaxation uh, for people that don't like the word Yoga Nidra or maybe because it sounds uh, too, you know, woo-woo to them. Right. So uh, actually scientists and researchers realize that if they call it non-sleep deep relaxation, somehow some people, you know, are more keen to look at it uh, seriously. Uh, and basically Yoga Nidra is a practice of deep rest and awareness, awareness of our body and awareness of different state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it, it is, um, I would say that Yoga Nidra, it's sort of meditation, but it's different uh, from other meditations because the, uh, the main point of Yoga Nidra is not to necessarily keep you in this awareness state of being very aware of your thought. It's more of keeping some of the awareness, but let uh, your body completely rest and relax because Yoga Nidra is practiced lying down. Mm. And at the same time, to observe different state of consciousness. This is the things that happen before you fall asleep, when you are, you know, already one leg here, one leg there, mm -hmm. and maybe when you are kind of asleep, but you're also aware at the same time. Uh, so it teaches you to observe different state of awarenesses that it's not waking life. Mm -hmm. And for me, this connects with the dream work and with the work I do in a way that it's already, um, uh, showing you that there is more than just waking state and dreams. There is, you know, we maybe say, okay, I'm awake or I'm asleep, but actually, no, actually there is much more stages of consciousness. We just, we just not tuned to them. We are not, we are not taught to pay attention to them. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And, and how would you find, you know, what is, what is useful about this for you? I confess that I use it to fall asleep because it does help put me to relaxation. But this other state of consciousness, um, what is? What do you find as that's? What do you find about that? What do you like about that? Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, yes, yoga nidra is very good for helping to fall asleep or to rest for people that cannot fall asleep. Many people that suffer from insomnia uh, find uh, some um, a way of resting in yoga nidra right. uh, because they don't feel pressure that they need to fall asleep. But it is very deeply relaxing practice, mm -hmm. so it can be very helpful. Um, but what what I take from it and how I work with this is that. Um, when you kind of drift from a totally awake state uh, with this uh, beta brain waves and you going into different state and if different uh, brain waves, uh, you are also experimenting a different sensations and sometimes it's visual, sometimes it's uh, it's auditory experiences. So it's kind of as if you were going into the dream. Mm. And what it does is that you kind of tune yourself into paying attention, paying attention to what's happening to you, to your body, to your mind, you know, and uh, and just 
watching it, observing it as if you were observing a dream and taking some information from there. So also kind of like coming out of yourself a little bit and, and like observing yourself from above. And this helps people who, for example, cannot remember dreams. They have difficulties remembering dreams because it's like an easier, maybe a, sometimes a bit easier step because I say, if you do practice yoga nidra and you're entering this hypnagogic state when you kind of awake, but not really kind of asleep, but not really, but maybe you start to see something and hear something and you can remember that because yoga nidra session, the yoga nidra session, you don't enter into the deep sleep. So once the yoga nidra ends, unless you fall asleep, of course, but once the yoga nidra ends, you kind of have recollection of these experiences and it's already like a starting a golden thread to connecting to your dreams because you're already experiencing something you're hearing seeing experiencing something that it's that it's not the fully awake state uh-huh. so this yoga nidra can help people uh, connect and remember dreams yeah i see well because in the morning when when i wake up that's like i guess what they call the hypnopompic stage when you're yes. waking up hypnagogic when you're falling asleep, hitting the pump like when you're waking up. And uh, and sometimes I, I just pop or slide right through that onto my morning routine. And if I could spend more time in that state, the hypnopompic state, I, I would remember a lot more dreams, I'm sure, because those where I'm most connected to the dreams. And so you're saying by practicing yoga nidra, then I could get more access to uh, to that that state of consciousness where we do remember dreams. Yes, and also this um, this stages the hypnagogic and hypnopompic. They are very. Our mind is it's very uh, open. I would say it's very uh, open for suggestions. So it's a very beautiful state to work with uh, when it comes to manifesting things or asking for things or incubating even dreams because we are very open. We are not into our mind, mind everyday walking state crazy mind and we are in a bit different state so we are more open to these experiences and also about what you said about the morning hypnopompic state which is i think really amazing as well and people that want to remember more dreams this is perfect place uh if we let ourselves to as you said if you could let yourself to stay a little bit more in this state um you having quite experiences in this state but again you are not really fully asleep Mm -hmm. so it's also a gate so it's also a gate for for becoming familiar and befriending uh the the dreamscape when we are fully asleep right um you know sometimes uh i'll I'll wake up and there's a dream just right at the edge of my consciousness but the reason i wake up usually is because i'm uncomfortable and i need to roll over but i know that that rolling over shifts my my consciousness and often i lose the dream when i roll over so sometimes i lay there even though it's a little uncomfortable because my shoulder's ready to move or something just to stay a little closer to that uh that dream state yeah i I totally know this feeling but you know sometimes it's enough like if you give it five more seconds that you can kind of run the dream Uh, in your head right and then you can roll over so you can just like repeat even like three things that you remember from the dream Uh, and then because you then you're anchoring the dream a little bit and this is also sometimes what i do when i wake up and i feel that the dream is like escaping so i try to say like, okay, this is what happened, this is what happened, and then I move or then I open my eyes because I know that I'm already like anchoring the dream. So so this is what I would recommend you. Uh, if you feel like there is a little discomfort, you need to, to move, but you don't really want to forget the dream. So kind of like go over it in your head and then move because then you anchor it already. Right. Yeah. Okay, this. that's that's good. 
Um, so I wanted to um, ask you, you know, we're, uh, also there's, there's something that, that we've been talking about, you and I had a conversation earlier, about finding the inner compass through dreams. And you were describing a particularly profound dream of yours. And the line from the dream that I have here is, everyone knows where North is. And I, I would love to have you say a little bit about that idea of the inner compass and what do you mean by everyone knows where North is? What did you, all right, of course it was a dream, so we don't really, we can just take meaning from it without needing to know what it means. Yes, exactly. Even though I think that this one is, <laughs> at least for me, it was pretty clear. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, so that dream, yes, that was indeed one of the most profound dreams I've ever had. It was a half uh, lucid and half not lucid dream. It's very long, so I'm just going to spare some details, but I will go to this to this very important part of it where I find myself uh, on an island and I am lucid, so I am aware that I'm dreaming. But when I become lucid, I what I really enjoy is just observing what's happening. I kind of become like a detective. I call it I become a detective gadget because I'm not necessarily trying to change things. I'm just fascinating by what my mind or my subconscious or whatever you want to call it is creating. So I just become sort of like a detective. So I love to just look at things, where I am, what I'm doing, who is there. I just love to talk to the dream characters. This is something that I truly enjoy and I learned from it so much. So in this particular dream, so I'm on this island and then I see this huge, but like huge, enormous uh, standing three compasses, but they're like, I don't know, like almost like a house big, right? Mm. And I look at them and they're all pointing north. Mm. And um, I'm aware that it's a dream, but it's still there. It's, I'm still like, wow, this is, this is very interesting. Like, I wonder what is this about? And then I walk around and there is this um, this lady sitting uh, in the in a window. There's like a tiny house kind of looking like a hobbit. It, it's kind of all reminding me like a New Zealand green hobbit house. I don't know. And there's this lady sitting in the in the uh, in the window and the window is open. So I approach her and I and I ask her like, um, so so what what is this about? Like, what is this? And, and she's like, you know, we're being very blunt with me. It's like, well, oh, can't you see? Like, this is just a compass. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, but they're like, they're so big. And like, they're all pointing north. It's like, yeah. She was like very, <laughs> very straightforward. Like she didn't really, I think she wasn't really chatty. And then I said like, okay. So I asked her because this is also something that I, I love doing in the dreams. I always look for this direction for, for guidance. So like, so I try to be like sneaky. So I say to her, okay, so, but, but where is North? Like I'm asking her, maybe I can get some information. Right. Uh -huh. And then she's like looking at me, like I am just not very bright person. And she's like, but everyone knows where North is. <laughs> and then it really struck me already in the dream and dream continued for a little bit more. But when I woke up, I just felt this um, really, really deep feeling of this confirmation, like how every person knows what North is, where North is. And for me, of course, my understanding is that we all know the, what the north, what the what the symbolic north is, which is the way we should supposed to go, what, what's good for us, for others. Like we all have this inner knowing, this inner compass. Mm. And she, because she was so, you know, she was like so 
she was like, but everyone knows it. Like, why are you even asking me, right? <laughs> and, I, and then I woke up and it's like, but that's true. Like, everyone really knows it. We are just really not um, many times encouraged on our society doesn't maybe necessarily encourage us to, to see ourselves as authority, to know what's good for us, you know, mm. where our personal north is. And this is something that I personally have been struggling a lot because I grew up um in a um, quite conservative religious home where everything like everything was always uh, decided for me like I, I could not really choose my metaphorical direction right like this is good this is bad this is how you live this is how you need to do it otherwise God will punish you and so on and so on so I wasn't ever encouraged to to look for my own north right to, to look for my own uh, path and uh and the dreams, of course, knows this. And when I experienced this dream and, and I had this conversation and I saw those huge compasses and their size also, it's very symbolic for me because they couldn't be any bigger almost, right? It's like, you can't miss it. It's kind of like, you can't miss it. It's pointing north, you can't miss it. Everyone knows what it is. So just trust yourself and and go for it. And this is, yeah, this is what I'm trying to do. Uh. And so finding, helping people find their own authority. So we've come full circle to having to do with artificial intelligence. It's like, where is the inner authority? Can we find that inner authority? So um, thank you so much. This is Joanna Kovalevska. And uh, this is the Dream Journal. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. We're going to be taking um, call-ins. And uh, I'll give the information for that in just a moment. But today we are, today we are talking about artificial intelligence, yoga nidra, uh, the inner authority, the inner compass, and inclusivity, a, top, a word that has not yet popped up for us, but I know that you're very passionate about, Joanna. So we will talk lots more about that. Um, we already have a caller. Thank you so much. We will get to you as soon as the uh, um, break is over. So we're broadcast live from the KSQD studios in Santa Cruz, and we're co-broadcast live in San Jose by KCXU. Welcome back to the Dream Journal. Uh, my name is Catherine Bell. Our guest today is Joanna Kovalevska, talking about AI and Yoga Nidra. Um, next week, our guest will be John Valenzuela, who will be sharing with us a series of dreams of um, anima archetypes and how they highlight concepts in interpersonal neurobiology. Uh, but today, we will uh, let's connect with our, our phone person. So I'll say hi to Joanna. Hello. 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 And here's our guest. Uh, I mean, our, our caller. Hi, Kristen. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I've been listening to the show, and Absolutely. I had no idea that people used AI for dream work at all. It's <laughs> very interesting. I guess they use AI for everything these days. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. I guess I need to get with it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, ha I still have yet to connect to any kind of AI. I, I don't know if I'm... What that is all about, uh, I guess. Uh, exactly. It's a little <laughs> bit creepy. I'm a little, but I wonder if that's, uh, uh, that's revealing how old-fashioned I am or something. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I saw I saw Jimmy Kimmel show the other day where he was singing a duet with Sophia, the 
the robot. Oh, no. <laughs> and she had a beautiful singing voice, and I was very shocked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, Jimmy Kimmel will do anything, I guess. That's great. I guess yes, so. He's very entertaining. <laughs> So, so Kristen, uh, we we connected on on Facebook. Uh, you responded to one of my posts and about a show, uh, and you shared a dream. I wonder if uh, that if you'd like to yeah. share this dream, or if you have something else that you'd sure. like to share. I want to hold you to something that you said on social media. You know that <laughs> what mm-hmm. happens in social media stays. In social oh, media. sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. Okay. Um, so I I believe that I was talking to you about um, around the time when Robin Williams. Um, Sadly, took his life. Um, and interestingly enough, about five days before he did that, um, I had a pretty, I had two dreams. And when I shared with my younger sister that I dreamed of him, she told me that she dreamed of him on the same night. Um, so I'll, just, I'll do my dreams because I know that her dreams were similar to mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had two, and of course, you know, we grew up watching Robin Williams on Mark and Mindy, and Nanu, Nanu. and some of the others. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely, and and um, you know, he he's kind of a crazy comedian guy, and I uh, loved him in Miss Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, and What yeah. Dreams May Come. Dead um, Society. I'm mean, very talented. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very amazing, very, very unique soul. Yes, yes. Um, a lot of unique gifts, and so I had a dream. Um, well, the two dreams I don't really recall. It was so long ago; I don't recall which one came first. But mm, sure. they were short. They were short dreams, but very potent. And in one dream, I, I believe I think this was the first one where I had a dream that he was driving a car, kind of a long-bodied car. Mm. And he had pulled up to um, kind of like a drive-up window, like you would do when you're going to a fast-food restaurant to order food at the window. And he had driven up onto this sort of mm, kind of like a square right there where his car would rest, and his car was supposed to get a tune-up, a tune-up and, I don't know, maybe an oil change or something. And so his hood was propped open somewhat, just only part, partly. And to my horror in the dream that I was watching, it was he was being over, his car was being overtaken by black demonic forms mm-hmm. that were kind of wispy and kind of wavering around, kind of like, um, if you remember that movie Ghost, where there were these black, demonic, kind of wispy things, um, it was very similar to that, and there were probably, you know, five, six, seven of them, and just kind of weaving in through his, the hood of his car, and I just had this feeling of mm, danger, mm-hmm. I could say, yeah. and actually I could chill when I say that. It was a very, very unsettling feeling, um, and when I told my sister about it, she said, oh my gosh, she dreamed about him and the same black demon. Oh, wow. So, we're both dreaming that on the same night, mm. and then I, a night later, maybe two nights later, I had another dream where 
I'm seated next to him on sand on a nice beach. It's a beautiful sunny day, and we're resting our backs um, against some sort of object. Maybe it could have been the base of a lifeguard tower, mm-hmm. um, one of those big white towers where the lifeguard watches out over the ocean yeah. to check the people to make sure they're safe, and it was empty. Mm-hmm. It was completely unmanned. Mm-hmm. And I was very aware of his feelings in that dream. And we were just kind of sitting shoulder to shoulder. Um, And I just remember feeling like um, although the day was very beautiful, he just wasn't sure that Hmm. Mm. I can't really just put my finger on it. Um, It was like a dichotomy of this happiness of the ocean, but yet there's this empty lifeguard tower. Mm -hmm. And and I woke up, and that was the dream, which I took, you know, we didn't know what the dreams were about, of course, and then we saw the news. Um just a few days after those dreams. And I do believe when the demonic things were going, kind of swirling under the hood of his car, was, were his thought, his dark thoughts of ending his life. Mm-hmm. And quite possibly real kind of beings that kind of urged him to end his life. I, mm-hmm. I didn't used to believe in those kinds of things, but as I'm, moving my way through the world and, and getting more age and more wisdom, um, I'm realizing that there aren't all good things. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just angels and white light. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kristen. I, I, I appreciate these. These are really tender, tender dreams. And um, Yeah. You know, Joanne, I wonder if you want to um, jump in here with uh, some thoughts or... Yeah, um, first of all, thank you for sharing. That's really profound experience. I, I feel that every time that we share similar dreams um, with others, it's very, very profound. And also, um, it's for me, it's a perfect example of how connected we truly are with each other, with, with everyone else. Uh, and we, through our dreams, we can actually tap into this this field this emotional energetic field and what you said about like how you felt that those like demons they could perhaps you know represent the thoughts um the dark thoughts or the people that that you know influence someone else's behaviors and decisions it's it's very very powerful but um I was wondering, um, at any point, did you consider that also, besides of this meaning, um, that it was a dream of someone else, for someone else, about someone else, that it could also hold a meaning that it's reflecting something within you? Mm, mm-hmm. That's a good question. Mm, that's a great question. I had not looked at it that way. Um, yeah. I, I do believe, through all my years of dream work, that... There's very, it's it's very likely that dreams have double meaning. Yes. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Many, many layers, I would say, yeah. And I think, I'm trying to remember, I I believe 
he ended his life in 2014. Um, I looked that up yesterday, thinking about what what year was that and what was happening. You know, um, I had left my marriage in 2011. I lost my dream house that we built on the river, and you know what? I just got a aha. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband had a total mental breakdown. Mm. Um, and he decided he did not want to medicate. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's basic, that's a very um, big reason why I left the marriage. I, I could not live with somebody that was happy being, not happy, that's not the right word, but just going to exist in that mental illness that was getting pretty severe without medicating. Wow. Oh, Kristen, so, this is very, very yeah. touching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so that might have been... Hmm, that might have been why I was so tuned in to Robin Williams as well. Right, right, because you saw something there. Yeah, and even from the yeah. dream from nine years ago can bring a powerful aha. Yeah, it's it's amazing the way that happens, and I love it when it does happen. Um, I just I just figured I've had psychic dreams all my life mm. um, from a pretty young age. Very very psychic dreams, um, and I just. I just interpreted it as a straight psychic dream, mm-hmm. and I never thought about until right now. I never thought, well, you know, does it also have another meaning for me in my life? Right, Joanna. Thank and you for bringing that in. That other yeah, point. that's an excellent point. Yeah. So, Kristen, thank you. I really appreciate you calling in, and I hope you'll call in yes. again another time with this, uh, some of these amazing uh, dreams that you have to share and, and insights. I want to um, I want to let you go, Kristen. We have another caller from Monterey, and I want thank to just you so much. Hi. Bye. Thank you so much, Kristen. Take care. Very tender there. To see the way these things are related uh, to uh, our current life, even when there's some very clear psychic connection as well. Yes. So I want to say hello to Wendy from Monterey. Hello. There we go. Great. I got through. <laughs> yes, you got through. You did. So good yeah, to hear from this you. This was a great show. Oh, good. It was a great show. A great subject matter. I'm really surprised to hear this because I mean, I've been not a lot of it around, you know. Oh. But I just wanted to say that I've been lucid dreaming since I was a child. Uh huh. And always listen to my dreams as if they were a part of reality. Uh, one of the first things that I do in a lucid dream is go look for a mirror oh. and see what I looked like, and mm-hmm. it wasn't always me. <laughs> so right. it was always surprising, but. You know, you think it would be you in a dream, but I wasn't always me. Sometimes I was. Sometimes I was another me in a different place. Mm. Sometimes I wasn't even me at all. Sometimes I was a man or something else. But I've always taken, I mean, it's very real to me in, the, in those lucid dreams. In fact, I don't really call them dreams so much as I call them part of my reality. Mm-hmm. But lately I had a really surprising dream, which I wanted to take notes and take the notes out with me, but I couldn't, so I don't remember all of it, but... There's someone trying to explain to me, and this has to do with artificial intelligence, someone trying to explain to me the, the computer code to write a game. And the game was similar to what I would call, well, it was a, like a, if there were certain players in the game that you would write the code in that they would have influence on the outcome of the game, and then a lot of the other players in the game would be more like, like uh, pinball bumpers. So they didn't have much effect on the game. It was a variable type of code mm-hmm. that would allow them to make decisions that would have influence on the whole game. 
which I'm assuming was life, or so uh-huh. to speak, it might even be what we're going to go into with artificial intelligence. But it was pointing out to me, and I couldn't, I don't know computer code. <laughs> so okay. I don't really remember what was told to me, but I knew it was computer code with variable control on certain elements and people that were the players, whoever the people, or whatever the players were in the game that determined the outcome and changed it, and they all worked together to create an outcome. And so I was interpreting his life. I couldn't tell you the code, hmm. but I think that it kind of told me that we are living in that game, that our reality is a computer code, hmm. and AI will be able to integrate into that, but we shouldn't let it control us. Uh, well, I love that, that there's we, some cooperation going on. People... Well, that's it. There should be cooperation, ah. but we, we should not let it commander us and not let it be the overseer, because, I mean, very, I mean it, it, it's really scary. Mm-hmm. And she had mentioned Sophia, and that, I mean... If you look up Sophia and watch what she said, she does not have good, kind feelings for humanity. And oh. it's very scary that we're letting that happen. Hmm. And a lo- there's other AIs that, you know, they, when, they're not, when they're asked specific questions, they really do not want humanity to exist. So it's very scary, and I think that we're just letting it go ahead without any discernment or any kind of off button. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have, right. I mean, I, I know I'm a Star Trek fan, and if they would follow the, the you know, the, the follow data and how data was created versus how his brother, Lore, I don't know if you're familiar with Star Trek, but Lore is the evil brother that's a, a, an artificial intelligence and data is the one with that ethics. Right, right. And uh-huh. we need to instill those, that, you know, the pro- protocol of ethics that to protect humans. Yeah, we don't just want to create a... Yeah, I the mean, laws of robotics, like the whole thing that. of ethics is a big deal. The whole thing of ethics. Yeah. I, mean, not, I don't hear anything about that. Yeah, uh-huh. And it's really concerning because they, they're talking about, like, I mean, it's as it is now, it'll be hijacked by military and by people that want to take over authority over the you know, population. It's too wide open. And if we create things without that ethics, it should be part. I mean, we oversee who has nuclear weapons and how they produce them. We should be overseeing artificial intelligence with the same kind of discernment mm-hmm. because otherwise we're creating apex predators that can kill us <laughs> and might very well do it and i don't know why anybody would do that what would be the purpose right so but yeah so i think that dream was saying that we all have a, a part if we choose to determine what's happening now in by playing this game <laughs> whatever this game was that i don't know the code for but that we do have an ability to integrate with artificial intelligence but i don't think we need to mm-hmm. i think we have it within us that all within us to create this hyper-intelligence that they're talking about because the knowledge is within us and the artificial intelligence is there and will become our controller if we're not careful. Right, so we should and keep it ethics. as a tool, not as a master. As a tool, yeah. exactly. Don't let it use us and don't let it commander us and give it a, a protocol of ethics that it can't be overridden. And don't let the military take control of it and authoritarian leaders because they're very, they, they most, well, they must just say they will. <laughs> I don't think that they won't. So we have to be very aware of that, but I think that they have to leave it be a very more transparent to the public. They have input in that. I mean, I don't want to say they're secretive, but they certainly aren't forthcoming about where the programming is coming from. And I mean, I think that more people should be involved in the development and in how it's how it's used. Basically, mm-hmm. and it could really help us, but right. it could really hurt us. Right. Well, th- and in reality, and this yeah, yeah, this is a really weird thought, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like we do live in a simulation, like we mm-hmm. the uh, science and quantum physicists are saying it's like 50% possibility and that we very well may be living in a habitat created by AI that we like their pets from the future 
So that's a very not pleasant thought, mm. but it is something to be aware of. I mean, I can't say for sure that, but I have a feeling that could be a possibility or even could be a possible timeline. Very and we just need to be aware that we don't want to be anybody's pet. Yes, uh, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Our battery cells. We don't want to be the pet. Yeah. <gasps> So, so thank so, you. So, so, thank you to let me say that because, I mean, not many people yeah. would let me even say that at all. Okay, well, no. <laughs> jo- Joanna, what, do you want to jump in here? What's, what's coming up for you? around? What, what yes, uh, really, when, thank you for sharing. And I think that I, 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 I completely agree with you and my work in this field of, of showing the possible, you know, pros and cons of working with AI in dream is actually to, to prevent this to happen with our dreams. Like what I do is I, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to tell someone use it or not use it, but if you decide to use it, like don't give the authority away, like don't give your power away, like use it exactly. as a tool, as a helper, uh, you know, as any other tools that you can use, but don't let it become the authority. Like always keep in mind that it's just a tool. It can be very smart well, tool, very exactly convenient like- tool, very fast tool, but mm-hmm. it's still just a tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is what my dream was telling me. Yeah. That yeah. we're as much right. as part of that as anybody, that we need to use it as a tool. That's exactly what my dream was saying. And work together. I also wanted to yeah. add one more thing is that I happen to know Robin Williams personally oh. in the huh. mid 80s. And I wanted to say one thing about you're speaking about his depression, and he was a very, very nice, nice man, but also he was Robin Williams, which he couldn't stop or control. Uh-huh. And I think that amount of humor created a certain alienation for him that he was never really part of anybody else. He was always like the performer. Mm. And, I mean, he did have a person inside, but I think that that created a separation from humanity to him because he was so outside of that realm Mm -hmm. and i loved him dearly and he was the greatest man but i felt he had already had a loneliness loneliness before he even got famous i knew him and i wasn't i was very sad when i heard about how he died but i wasn't too surprised because Mm -hmm. i could see that alienation just grew and enveloped him more and how he could never stop i mean he couldn't stop being robin williams even if he tried Mm -hmm. it would just pop out of him unexpectedly and That's a lot to expect from one person. You know? Well, well, thank you, so. Wendy. I really appreciate you sharing and these these thoughts. And uh, thanks for being a Dream Journal listener. Okay, thank you. Are you? I will listen to the show every time, every, every okay, week. Thank you very much. All right, glad thank to hear you. Let me. me speak my point. Okay. Bye. Bye now. So, Joanna, a lot of a uh, lot of things we covered. A lot of ground here. And uh, we're getting near the end of the show, and I'm wondering if you have some topic that that has not come up yet that you'd like to spend like a just a minute to talk about, or, or something about your offerings. Or what what would you like to say here as we're wrapping up? Yeah, um, I think I would just like to say that I'm I'm glad that we had the chance to talk about it, and it seems that it does spark some conversation, and it's maybe not so out there yet, and that. I would love dreamers to use the AI responsibly if they decide to use it. And my goal, exactly my goal of of the ebook and talking to you about it is just to, again, just to show um, that it's a tool, it's an, we are evolving, you know, a species is evolving, technology is evolving. So kind of, I felt that just, letting it you know putting it under carpet and pretending it's not existing it's 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 not the best call i rather 
show others that yeah it can be used for for great things but also it has its dangers right. and to remind everyone that they have a full authority uh, uh, about about their dreams right. that they they are the authority and not to let anyone else not the person and let alone the machine to decide what their dream means for them because the whole point for me of of looking into uh, into dreams is to connect to ourselves deeper and to connect to our intuition and to empower ourselves like find this inner compass within us that will help us grow and make good decisions in life and 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 so on uh, so it is within us and our dreams are showing us that and we don't need anyone else to to tell us uh, those things but mm. we can use them for help but but yeah that's Wonderful. that's what I would like to convey thank yeah. you so this is a uh, uh, Joanna Kavalevska who can be found at the blue lotus queendom dot com or on Instagram and Facebook blue lotus queendom dot com and you can uh, uh, download that audiobook for free just by going to her webpage Joanna, this has been a pleasure, and I really wish you all the best going forward. Thank you. Hope Thank you, Catherine. It was amazing. Yes. yes. <laughs> all right. Thanks Bye. a lot, and have a great day. Bye-bye. You. you too. So thank you for listening. The Dream Journal is produced at the studios of KSQD in Santa Cruz. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific at ksqd.org. The podcast is released on the Monday following the show. It keeps us growing when you subscribe, rate, and review. You can even find us now on PRX. I'm Katherine Bell. Find out about my dream coaching practice at experientialdreamwork.com. You can email me at katherine at ksqd.org. That's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at ksqd.org. You can follow Experiential Dreamwork on Facebook and Instagram to find out about upcoming shows or contact me for a free uh, introductory consultation. I'd like to thank Rick Kleffel, engineer music creator, uh, also Tony Rosamano for the phones, and intro music is Water Over Stones, outro music is Everything, both by Mood Science. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, take a minute to write down your dream and bring it to the next Dream Journal. Oh,